Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Podcast live in gscsports.com, also on facebook.com slash huddle up podcast. You can subscribe to our show directly by searching Huddle Up with Jim and Dave on iTunes or Android. We also stream all the time at ngscsports.com, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn Radio app by searching NGSC. It is Wednesday, June 28, 2017. We're happy that you are joining us. Reminder, we also stream every day at LeapSports.com. That is L-E-E-I-B Sports.com. Facebook and Twitter. You can check us out on Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast, Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast. And uh, if you want to email us, you can do that, Huddle Up Podcast at Outlook.com. And we are uh, happy to be back live. It's been a little while. We know that. We're going to catch you up on everything uh, that has been the reason why. We haven't been on the air for a very long time. A lot of exciting things going on. Uh, and to be able to do that, I have to bring in my co-host, and that is Dave. Dave, how's it going, man? It, uh, we're getting the getting the machine back running again here. Yeah, we're uh, we're starting off. I'm glad she started on the uh, first try, and we're, we're back at this. Uh, Got to get the rust off before football's here. And uh, I believe it's uh, seven or eight weekends until college football's back. So. Exactly. I think... Uh, I, we're, we're already at the, and this is even crazy considering hockey just ended, but uh, I saw today we are at the 100-day mark until the open of the American Hockey League season. I'm not sure on the exact day mark to the NHL season. So, uh, I mean, the calendar is getting ready to turn to July, which means we're getting closer to uh, football training camps, things like that, and we're going to talk about some of that stuff. Um, but uh, let's catch everybody up, Dave. It's been... Um, I want to say what, right at, right after the Super Bowl is probably the last time, uh, that we were together and, uh, you have some pretty exciting news, obviously, uh, to catch people up on. So, uh, go ahead and do that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, wife Holly and I had a uh, beautiful baby girl in early May, May 2nd, uh, both mom and, and baby are healthy and, uh. Uh, more excitingly, when she met Jim for the first time, she didn't fuss uh, for about 30 seconds while he was holding her. So uh, he got some quality bonding time with my uh, child. Yeah, that was surprising. Uh, the uh, But the typical reaction that, that babies do have is they look at my head and go, mine's not going to be that big, is it? And I definitely reassured her that hers will not be that big, 
but based on uh, on yours, it will probably be uh, larger than normal. She's already in the 98th percentile for a head, so she's she's got a ton <laughs> of brains like her father. Oh well, there there we go, and uh, and like her father, not a lot of hair either. So let's hope that that one uh, comes around. Uh, but Dave, yeah, definitely lots of exciting stuff going on. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, I, have, I I do not have a child, but um, there, there, you know, the the other podcast that I do has been doing really well. Um, just been, uh, you know, just enjoying life. So, uh, but, but we want to get this sports thing back, uh, rolling. And, and, uh, if we, I, I think we have one or two, uh, people watching live currently at the moment. Um, and, and if you are watching live, we encourage you to interact with the show, uh, ask questions and things like that. You can also call into the show, uh, if you want to, uh, get in on any of the discussions that we're having and that number to call in is 717-216-0959. And if we, uh, you know, if you do call in, uh, let us kind of, you know, finish, uh, wrap up the thoughts. Uh, we will get to you, we promise. Uh, but, uh, plenty of discussions will be had. Uh, Dave, before we, we jump into the little Twitter poll I did, and, and it was it was something that just kind of uh, spurred into my brain, and I'll explain why uh, I did it uh, when when we hit that point. Um, but um, is the is there anything major that 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 you want to uh, discuss before we jump into this topic, and of course uh, some other things as well? Anything major? Um, I don't think there's anything major at the moment. I'm sure something will hit me at some point. Um, but the only thing, uh, the only thing that I think is probably not going to be touched on, but I think it's something very interesting. And uh, while it's on my mind, I'll, uh, get your take on it, Jim. But, uh, one of the, one of the more interesting topics to me that's happened recently in sports and it comes from the NBA. So I can see your eye roll already on Whoa. Facebook live on the, yeah, on the, but, on the live. Uh, I believe the NBA did something, I don't want to call it historical, but pretty unheard of in that they reduced the salary cap. Um, and I think they did it pretty sizable. I think the number was about $2 million. And I know both you and I do not follow the NBA hardly at all, but, uh, this is an interesting, interesting move by the NBA because I think it's purely to break up these, these, uh, macho teams for lack of better terms. But, uh, it's just interesting if you think about it from a management perspective and what do you do now? Cause you have $2 million less to spend, or you could be over if you're the same group of players. So. Um, a very interesting move by the NBA. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the last couple of years we've seen, uh, you know, kind of the same teams at the top, and and I, I know, to, I mean, I, I think ratings wise, things like that, as far as I could uh, gather from from social media, because again, uh, not not really an NBA guy, as anyone that has uh, either known me or listened to this show at all uh, is well aware of. Um, yeah, lowering the salary cap, you know, that that to me is is really kind of the only thing that makes sense about it is, is wanting to break up kind of these these super teams and, and make the league a little bit more competitive um so uh, it'll be you know and and maybe as as we get into the fall and we and we near nba season a little bit um you know maybe we can have, have somebody that that's a little bit more in touch with the uh nba world uh fill us in a little bit more on on how it's affected uh the the, the nba product and the, and the league structure as a whole because uh, without really, you know, being being aware of, uh, you know, the ins and outs of the league, it, it's hard for me to really, um, you know, touch on the specifics of it. But yeah, it is odd to see uh, a, a league lower the salary cap. It is typically something that 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 does not happen. Yeah, exactly. Just an interesting twist. And again, 
it's rare that you see a salary cap stay level. I mean, just given inflation and everything else, pure economics there. But uh, to see it decrease by that much is kind of interesting. So um, I think you're spot on with the comments and carry on, but I just want to throw that out there. Uh, we definitely touched uh, some interesting interesting sport for you because we got basketball involved now on the podcast. You can tell this is a true off-season podcast. Yeah, absolutely. When Yeah, when we're leading with uh, anything that's not football or hockey, it's definitely – uh, definitely a little odd, but two weeks ago, Dave, I, I, I put a tweet and I put a Twitter poll out there. Uh, and I, and I said, I want serious and honest responses. And I, and I said, was Troy Aikman a better NFL quarterback, uh, than Dan Marino? And I, I was being completely, completely serious. I wanted people's, uh, and, and what, what was, um, when, when, when you saw this, what was your initial thought, your immediate thought? My immediate thought was there's some motivation behind this, so I'm taking the the incorrect answer. I'm taking Troy Aikman just to skew your results. <laughs> um, obviously, I didn't get a chance to vote. Um, I mean, there was there was 36 responses. Uh, 75% said no. Uh, 14% said yes, and 11 were undecided. I was actually surprised on the number. I think I was even more surprised on the number of undecideds than I was uh, on the number of yeses, but. For the record, and I'm going to put this out there as I'm wearing a Cowboys hat and a Cowboys t-shirt, um, if I was able to vote in this poll, my answer would be no. So let's get that out in front. I do not think that Troy Aikman was a better quarterback than Dan Marino. And, and we have a call we'll get to in just a minute because I, I just kind of I want to um, kind of explain a little bit of my motivation behind this. Uh, this, of course, was uh, around the time of um, – that team winning the the greatest trophy in all of sports. And I saw a lot of, well, this solidifies how much greater, when, when that team won the cup, obviously, um, that captain of that team has now won multiple cups and back-to-back years and all of that. And I saw a lot of, well, this solidifies, this title solidifies that he is better than Alexander Ovechkin. And... I, I, I'm not really opening the Crosby Ovechkin debate, but why my, my, my thought behind it is why does the third title and the back-to-back title, why does that make him better? Because he now has three and Ovechkin has zero. So I kind of wanted to, to I, I, I kind of got the gears rolling and I thought, um, well, Troy Aikman has three Super Bowls. Dan Marino has zero. And and I think if you look at it, nobody's going to say, or very few are going to say, that Troy Aikman was a better quarterback. Um, so that just kind of got my ball the, the ball rolling a little bit in my head. Uh, I'm going to take the call now, and then we're going to get back to this topic here in a minute. Uh, we have a 717 number. Let us know uh, who you are and where exactly you're calling from. Uh, hi, this is Austin. I'm calling in from Elizabethtown. Hey, how's it going? What's on your mind? Good. Uh, just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, Dave brought up about the um, NBA dropping the cap space. Um, I got into an argument probably about a week and a half ago with somebody about golf. Um, you know, basically him saying that golf's the most boring sport, you know, besides NASCAR, you know, out on the market right now. And I kind of had to disagree with him because – 
you know, you look at the NBA, you know, you have the same teams in the finals every year. You look at NHL, you know, Pittsburgh has been one of the elites for the last couple of years. You look at the Patriots, you know, all those elite teams, and it just kind of gets boring to watch because they have all this extra cap space. And I think the NBA dropping that cap space, you know, is going to eliminate a lot of that boringness. I personally do not watch the NBA for that reason. You know, there's no point in watching when you know the same two teams that are going to be making a run to the finals every year. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, I've never been, I've never been an NBA guy, but uh, you know, that, that was kind of, that was kind of a, a lot of what was being echoed throughout the playoffs. Uh, I, I picked up on social media is that people are saying, you know, what's the point of the playoffs? We know who's going to be there all season. It was pretty much, we know who's going to be there. Uh, if you, you know, if you would have sat and told me that, um, even at the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs, that your your final four teams would have been who they were, that Nashville would have made the finals, that Nashville would have swept Chicago uh, in the first round, I wouldn't have believed it. That Ottawa would have been in the in the conference finals, wouldn't have believed it. Um, and and that that's to me what is one of the greatest things about the Stanley Cup playoffs is literally anything can happen. Unfortunately, the 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 thing that I didn't want to happen. I know Dave didn't want to happen. And a lot of friends of mine didn't want to happen. Ended up happening, Absolutely. but it, but it it wasn't. I don't think it was predictable, especially given the, you know the 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 way and means in, in which um, you know the series played out. And Nashville really never quit. But yeah, the NBA it, it, it's it's riddled with this. Um, you know what what does the regular season hell what do the playoffs matter if you're going to end up with with you know these two teams. Exactly. You know, that, that was the argument, I, you know, I got into with this gentleman. I said, you know, the difference with golf is you don't have the same person winning every week. You know, it's, it seems over the last couple of years, the number one golfer has changed how many times? I mean, even just this year alone. Right. You know, it's, it's something where, you know, anything can happen. And it, and it makes it interesting. Um, and, you know, also side note to that is, Dave, I'm going to put you on this. Um, I'm going to put a bet down to say that Nashville makes it back to the Stanley Cup next year. Um, I actually just got back from Nashville, and the amount of support that that town has for that team is just unreal. Yeah, it's, uh, definitely, definitely. A, uh, I think there's a lot of pieces in place on that team, and I think the support is there without a doubt. Um, not a bad bet at all. Um, the only thing I will say is it's historically hard to get back to the Stanley Cup Finals when you've been there because the the and um, not just Stanley Cup but Calder Cup as well. And I use the example with the Bears all the time. Um, once you've been there and you've lost, you lose, I don't want to say you you get a little the tiredness that you have from the long season shows, but uh, like the the Capitals are holding their development camp right now, as I'm sure you both know. Mm-hmm. But uh, if they had uh, if they had just lost the Stanley Cup Finals, they have uh, I think it's four or six weeks until camp some uh, camp and some activities start for some of the younger guys, not, not, not your vets and everything, but uh, hockey takes a toll on the body. And that's not a lot of time to recover. So I do agree that Nashville is going to be good next year, but uh, them getting back, uh, who knows? There's a lot of good teams out West, so we'll see, but it's uh, definitely not as uh, bold as saying uh, Arizona is going to make it. Um, one thing I do want to touch on with your first comment, since uh, Jim was blabbering on, I didn't get a chance to respond there. Um, <laughs> But with, with I, I kind of see where they're coming from, and I'm a, I, I love watching golf. Um, pretty much every Sunday over the summer, it seems like I have golf one in some some avenue, whether it's the golf channel at nine o'clock in the morning or watching the final round. Um, the the one thing I can see with golf is it's on for four days, 
So if you're talking all four days combined, well, unless you're a sizable fan of golf, the first three days really don't do much for you. Probably the first three and a half rounds don't do much for you. Um, But then I'll throw the counter argument in that if you look at Golden State, um, I think they won. They won their first 15 games, I believe, in the uh, in the in the in the finals or in the playoffs. And I think 12 of the 15 were by double digits. So um, at least golf, you normally have an exciting finish. If there's something worth watching, where you're not going to a game, you're leaving in the third quarter, no new wins already. So I'll kind of throw that out there and see where that goes. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it, you know I I enjoy golf as well, and and I know before I, I before I played golf. Uh, I never understood how people can watch it, and and uh, you know, and I've I've been riveted in by by watching you know your, your majors, your masters. It, it's it, it, when you understand the sport and when you played the sport and you know what it takes and what shots are. I, I think it, it it changes, you know, the viewing habit. Um, but yeah, David, that's a great point. Is the first couple of days um, probably don't mean a lot unless you you are an, an avid golf fan, and but. Um, and and I I think that's that that's another problem that baseball has too is is um, with 162 games and, and nine innings and a lot of your games go you know three plus hours I it, it's a hard sport to, to watch unless you're really into it especially in uh, in in May and June um, yeah I went to a, a Phillies game last year it was two hours and 15 minutes I think from start to finish I was like if every baseball game was that way I'd probably watch a lot more baseball. But you know, I, I pick up some innings here or there, and uh, obviously the Orioles are putting it in the tank early, which we'll talk about later in the show. But um, yeah, I mean, any any more any more thoughts on on this call specifically? But I, I think it's a great point. You know, going to that that salary cap is um, it, it could have a have a really uh, interesting and and good in terms of the broad spectrum of the league impact on the game. No, yeah, definitely. Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. Well, the, the only other thing I want to throw in about the salary cap while we're kind of talking about it and just throwing uh, – since I know both of you are uh, Capitals fans, I'll throw that out there before I'm sure we'll hear from Uncle Mitch at some point. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but since the since the Caps are so close to the salary cap, can you imagine what it would have done if hockey regressed $2 million? We wouldn't have re-signed T.J. Oshie, and I think we lost the call there. Um, and, and, and maybe he's just going to uh, hang up and listen. But – yeah, I don't think the Caps re-signed T.J. Oshie if that cap drops. Um, and I know it, it seems like he took a little bit of a, of a pay cut to stay there uh, compared to some of the numbers that I've seen elsewhere. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know that T.J. Oshie is a capital if the salary cap dropped, which was a rumor going you know for a couple weeks there before uh, they actually announced the terms of it. But there was talk that the NHL salary cap was going to drop, and I think that – sent us as Caps fans, and I think there's a lot of other teams fans that were a little bit concerned about uh, that potential impact on their team as well. Definitely. Okay, so, um, I mean, if, if, you still wanna, if you're listening and you want to call in, feel free again, 717-216-0959. So back, back, to, the, back to the Twitter poll, and, and, I, and I just pulled up a couple of stats, and, and again, um, I'm, not, I, I'm not one of these people that believe that Troy Aikman is, is a better quarterback. Um, of course, three-time Super Bowl champ. He was MVP of Super Bowl twenty-seven, six-time Pro Bowl. Uh, he played only 165 games, 61.5% completions, three, uh, 32,942 yards passing. It's good for uh, an average of 199.6 per game. Uh, 165 touchdowns, 141 interceptions, 
81.6 QBR. And I, the thing I found interesting, Dave, um, and I, obviously, you know, many guys are, are talked about how clutch they are, things like that. Um, he had 689 passing yards in Super Bowls, five touchdowns, one interception. His QB rating in Super Bowls, 111.9. Now let's look at Dan Marino. Nine-time Pro Bowler, he was the MVP of the NFL in 1984, the 94 Comeback Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year in 83, uh, played in 242 games, um, had a 59.4% completion, 61,361 yards, which is good for 253.6 yards per game, 420 touchdowns, 252 interceptions, and 86.4 quarterback rating. And, you know, and I know obviously the, 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 I think the debate whenever you hear Dan Marino's name brought up is, is, is some people throw him into the best ever category and versus Joe Montana and, and, and many others. Uh, you know, your, your buddy Tom Brady is obviously in that discussion now as well. Troy Aikman's name never comes up. And I think I saw uh, an article as I was doing research for some of this and, and, and trying to collect some of my thoughts is uh, there was a a countdown of the 100 best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, and Troy Aikman wasn't even on that list. And I know a lot of Cowboys fans got pissed off. But the thing I have always said is Troy Aikman was good enough to be the quarterback of the Cowboys at that time. But I don't think Troy Aikman was ever that great. I mean, he he was he was clutch when he needed to be, I think. But if you look at what was around him, obviously, um, it made it elevated him as well. I don't think there's any denying that. Irvin, Johnston, Novacek, that offensive line, Emmett Smith, and, and a defense that went with it, and many other countless, uh, you know, countless receivers. I mean, I think that's a fair point, right? That. Troy Aikman was was made by the parts around him. Yeah, I think it's a valid point. Um, I'm not sure where you're going with this relating to hockey, but continue on. Okay. There, so obviously, you know, Dan Marino was I was by far a better, you know, better quarterback. So let me let me look over at so, you know some of the stats relating to because again. All I keep seeing is that the third Stanley Cup is what proves that Crosby is better than Ovechkin and that Ovechkin sucks and Ovechkin isn't any good and, and, and all of all of the typical uh, May and June rhetoric that we see from people that uh, are fans of that team with the black and the yellow. Uh, Ovechkin has played in 421 games, 558 goals, 477 assists. 1,035 points. Uh, his plus minus is 84. In playoff games, he's played 97 games, uh, 46 goals, 44 assists. So that's good for 90 points. Uh, Crosby has played in obviously a lot more uh, play uh, game playoff games, but not as many regular season games. 782. Uh, he has 382 goals, 645 assists uh, for 1,027 points. Uh, his plus minus in the regular season is 165. He has played in 148 uh, playoff games, 57 goals, 107 assists, which looking at that number, I was just like, good God. Um, 164 points uh, in the postseason 
Obviously, more than a point per game. Ovechkin is near the point, uh, one point per game. But <clears throat> I have never denied, Dave, how good uh, Sidney Crosby is. I don't like Crosby. I think he's a whiner. I think he's a kiss-ass. I think the league protects him uh, regardless of what those fans of the black and yellow. But this notion of that Ovechkin sucks um, uh, is what completely blows me away. And this, and, and what I'm about to say is probably going to piss off um, our, our good buddy Mitch and other other fans of the Penguins, but I'm not completely comparing the two. You know, in in this argument, Crosby's kind of the kind of the Aikman because, and not in terms of that that he shouldn't be on a, a top players list, but that he has that he has the championships. Ovechkin does not. I, I the I think what what kind of ticked me off and 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 always bothers me around this around this time, especially if the Penguins advance beyond the Capitals, if they're the team to eliminate the Capitals, is this notion that because Crosby is good, because Crosby is, as much as I hate to say it, at this point probably a bit better than Ovechkin, um, the, the this notion that it means Ovechkin's not any good. Ovechkin is is one of the best offensive players in the league. Now, he slipped back this year. Uh, you know, there was a lot of talk about injuries, things like that. But in, in, in their two careers, Ovechkin, I think, has been the more dynamic offensive player. But if you look at the teams, and, and I think that that's, that's kind of where I, I tie the two together. Um, Marino would have been, I think, widely regarded even higher than he already is if he would have had – even half the team that Troy Aikman did. And I don't think Troy Aikman gets really any discussion from anyone if he if he's if he's not on the if he's not on that Cowboys team in the nineties. And Crosby has had, in my opinion, and 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 once I get done rambling, then I'll I'll get your thoughts on it. Crosby has had by far the better team and the better supporting cast. This year, well we'll we'll talk about this year in a minute. But uh, am I am I on on any sort of a, a correct path there? That the supporting cast from the start of their career till now has been been astronomically better for the Penguins. Uh, I have no idea, Jim. In all honesty, I don't know that I can support you on this one. I don't know that astronomically better is is a valid term. I mean, you. you and I'm thinking off the cuff here, and and again, I'm I don't want to say on the spot, but uh, thinking on the cuff here. I mean, I look at I look at uh, Crosby has had Malkin with him, who Malkin is Malkin to me is what makes the Penguins. I've said that for how many years we've been discussing hockey together, but Malkin is what makes the Penguins tick. He's that he's that dynamic player that uh, makes Crosby better, um, but. You look at Ovechkin, and he's had Nicholas Backstrom with him on his line almost the entire time he's been a capital. So um, I don't know that I would say dynamically better or astronomically better. Yeah, maybe not maybe astronomically. Maybe marginally better, but um, I don't know that it's even worth making a point out of, in all honesty, that I think they're close enough. Um, I mean, you can, you can argue that uh, – and I'm making arguments here to make arguments over the past couple of years, but you can argue that uh, 
because of how good the, the Capitals' power play has been. Ovechkin gets more easy opportunities in the third period because of the game being 4-1 and stuff like that during the regular season. Um, again, making making uh, arguments out of left field here. Um, to me, my, my comment on the whole thing, and uh, anyone who has followed me on Twitter knows my hatred for Crosby. <laughs> and again, I think he's a hell of a player, but um, everything else leaves a lot to be desired sure. in my eyes. I mean, the, the, the kid has won... I think everything possible in the game of hockey to win. Um, so, I mean, with all that said, um, I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you say one or the other is better as a player. Um, I think that's a hard statement to make, given that they are both uh, heck of offensive juggernauts at the moment in a game that's um, tightened up a little bit offensively over the past, over the recent decade sure. or two. Um, but. I think the one thing that you can say, and it pains me to say because it's been our demise over the past couple of years, I think you can say that Crosby is better in the playoffs. I mean, his he's averaging over a point a game, whereas Ovechkin's averaging under a point a game, and that's a significant sample size or a sufficient sample size, I think, in my eyes. So um, I think you can make that statement. Um, I don't know that you can make a statement about the regular season because I think they're both uh, – it's, it's hard when you're not playing – the same type of hockey and the same intensity all the time. Right. Um, but both of them are hell of hockey players. There's no doubt about that. Um, saying which one's better, um, I, I don't know that you can really make a decision one way or the other. It kind of depends on what you want to say. Um, but I don't know that you can make the statement that if Crosby is motivated and cares, he's, that he is not as good as Ovechkin. Because when he flips that switch, I, I don't know if there's a player in hockey that, that's better than him, just how uh, – how dynamic he can be when he wants to be, but um, I, I, is, that, is that uh is that a fair statement there, Jim, or am I coming at it a? Uh... No, I, I I think I, I mean I think it's a, they're they're definitely fair statements. I, I think I, the 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 kind of the premise and the, and the thought behind it and and kind of what was going through my mind is you know people people get mad when I've seen Penguins fans get mad when they when when like other. Other fan bases will yell Crosby sucks and Crosby doesn't suck. Yeah, I know, but like, for a, for a fan base and a crowd to chant like Crosby's really good, but we don't like him because he's playing against us and he's a whiny bitch and things like that's really hard for a, for a group of fans to cheer at a game. Like Crosby sucks is an easy chant. Like that's why Nashville they're saying fan, Nashville fans could have gotten that whole floor out there. Well, they they absolutely could have, and I'm not denying that. Um, and, and yeah, to, to, to your point, I think Crosby has definitely been more clutch in the playoffs. Um, but, but I, I, I also think too, that, and, and not necessarily just for him and it's going to kind of transition to, uh, just kind of discussing the, and, and I know that it's been a few weeks gone by, so we're not going to spend a lot of time, but in, in the playoffs as a whole, I think that, uh, up until this year, um, I think that the, the Capitals team, and, and it goes back even to the, the prior management, uh, didn't didn't have a team that was built for the postseason. Um, this year, and and I'll say it, I, I think I tweeted it uh, after the Capitals got eliminated, but uh, I mean, I'll say it right here. This year was a failure for the Capitals. I don't know that that there's been a uh, there's been a year um, in the Ovechkin era since they've made the postseason that that has been what I have considered to be at least this extreme of a failure. This was the year. And I think you and I have talked about that, you know, in 
you know, when when we've hung out since since the the, the playoffs have ended, is this team should not have exited in the second round. This team should not should you know pro- well probably shouldn't have lost. I mean that there was. You, when when you lose back to back years to the eventual cup champion, it shows you that you are kind of close, but but you have to get better. But they they went for it this year and they failed. Um, so th- this one I know hurt more than more than any other. Um, and we had to watch that team win again, which um sucks no matter how you slice it. Uh, well, Jim, you know I'm I'm glad that. Uh... I'm glad that you've healed a little bit because this is the first time I've heard you talk about the Capitals losing without having to hand you a box of tissue. So, uh, Either that or, or replace some finally, piece of furniture or something in my house. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're finally moving on here with your your grief process, so you're finally catching up to me. But uh, you, you're always be behind a little bit. But, of course, uh, naturally. I completely agree um, in the fact that this is the first year that uh, the the Caps really should have gone further than they did. Um, I mean. And nothing against Pittsburgh. What they have done, and again, I have to throw the dynasty word out there. They are a dynasty at the moment. Um, yes, what they absolutely. Have done and what they have done the, the past two years with their lack of defense and the injuries they had on defense is just phenomenal. Whether that's coaching, whether that's organizational depth, um, whatever you want to call it, but the ability to to replicate those results with, with the, the lack of D. I mean, you had, I, I think you had both years you had guys from the AHL in the lineup to win the Stanley Cup. Um, that, that's impressive regardless of of how it happens. Um, so, I mean, you, you got to give some credit there, but you got to look at this Capitals team too and say, why the hell couldn't you beat them? I mean, you, you can argue the first two lines are pretty similar talent-wise. Um, we, we were healthy on D. We were arguably the most healthy team in the playoffs. So, yeah. if you're the most healthy team in the playoffs and you're the President's Cup champion – you should, in theory, go further than you did. I mean, I'm not a rocket scientist, but that just that logically just makes sense to me. So, um, the w- w- reason for not going further, I mean, is it is it solely puck luck? Is it players? Is it coaching? Is it um, grit? Is it just will and desire? Um, to, to sum it up in, in, in textbook Dave logic, yes. All right, yeah, that I was that that's kind of what I was going to say. I didn't want to interrupt you, but. I think it's it's all of those things, and and you know we've we kind of joked about it and kind of sarcastic about it, and people can call me bitter about it, and I I'm I'm not gonna lie, I am bitter about it. I'm not, I, there's no uh, sugarcoating it, but there were so many times where, I mean the you know you even go back to the Toronto series that the the one goal um, that, that bounced off the stanchion that like that that bounce doesn't happen for the capitals for whatever reason and i'm not you know I'm, I'm i'm done trying to figure out the the reason why it doesn't happen but you don't see that kind of, those kind of bounces go the caps way you see it happen for other teams not just pittsburgh um but yeah i mean it's is it grit is it leadership is it coaching um any number of things i mean brayden holpe who uh, over the course of his career was has been spectacular in the postseason um was average i think this year uh i don't think at times his defense helped him out at all but he was better other years when his defense was worse um you Jim, know here's a question for you this is an unrehearsed question okay well we don't rehearse we, we had... well let's be honest we don't rehearse anything here well, we complain about stuff enough, and I know where you're going with most of everything. So, 
Um, I'm throwing you on the spot on this one, but would the Caps have beat the Penguins if Newby was in that based on what he did in Hershey in the playoffs? My answer is yes. If he's healthy, probably. That, that I mean, that's what Holby has to gain. And, I mean, you have a couple goaltenders that have it. But he gets – Newby got to the playoffs in, with Hershey, and he took it to a, another level. I mean, we, we sat there and watched him, and it was like – he went full on. I don't even know what the word is. Full on, full on, uh, all star, full on superhero type thing. That exactly. I mean, he 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 dropped his uh, GAA by almost a goal a game in the playoff. Yeah. And you're playing better competition. So how how does that happen? It's it, it's so it's that, not human. <laughs> what you're you need you need that. Um, I don't know if you call it mental mental unstableness that can take you to that level, but. I uh, hope he's got to find that because I, I, I think he's the opposite, but I think his GAA is above. It has went up a little bit, and he's a heck of a goaltender, don't get me wrong. And sure. There's been some other things that have gone on it, but on with him, but this is a and, – and the defense as well. But this is a, a couple of years now in a row where he hasn't been um, his best, for lack of better terms, in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think I think last year he had definitely some, some poor moments, but, but this year – uh, his his playoff performance was definitely lacking. Um, again, un- unrehearsed question. Uh, the Capitals are in a situation they re-signed Phoenix Copley today. Um, should the Capitals shop Holtby? Should the Capitals shop Grubauer? And I think uh, to to me, I think that's a hard question to answer. Because to to the on the surface, you say, well, you have to keep Holtby. You have to keep Holby, but I, I argue, do you look at look at what Phoenix Copley did when he came back to 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 Hershey this year, and and what he did, what he did down you know down the finish of the season into the playoffs before he got hurt. I think if he stays healthy in the playoffs, I don't know that Hershey wins the cup, but but I I wonder if they go further than they did, um, which I even think they might have outkicked their coverage a little bit. Um, even, even to, to where they went, um, and where they got eliminated this year. But Dave, should the Caps shop Holtby? Is there more value to other teams to, you know, cause you're kind of at a weird point. You're really kind of at a weird point if you're the Washington Capitals. And like you said, we're right up against that cap. Um, I think one, one of the two is going to go. I think Phoenix Copley is going to be in Washington next year. So I think either Holtby or Grubauer is gone. Obviously most likely Grubauer. What, what say you? Um, I, I, my opinion on shopping players is the answer is always yes. You shop them, but you don't get screwed when you're shopping them. I mean, if you if you can get four first-round picks for Holtby and I, I don't even know, another NHL-caliber goaltender and a couple young prospects, well, see a kid. Um, but I, I think the asking price has to be awful high. Sure. Um and I have a different opinion that I think Grubauer is in D.C. again this year. Um, reason being, he wants the number one NHL job, and I don't know if there's one open at the moment. Um, what I could really see, and I think this is the likely situation, that we give Grubauer a two-year deal, um, backloaded, more money on the second year, and they trade him at the deadline, moving Phoenix up, and then uh, you have VV down in uh, Hershey. Uh, again, the, the key with, the key with uh, this organization is you're buying time at the moment. Um, the, the best goaltender in the organization is still over in Russia, Ilya Samsonov. So uh, 
but he'll, how, he should be in Hershey the end of this year. But how much time do you year. have, though? And, and and because we have already seen, and this is this is me. I mean, I've never played hockey, but you've already seen. I think a, a decline uh, in the. I think maybe maybe effectiveness isn't the right word, but there was points in that playoff run where, you know, Ovechkin what I had what I thought was going to be a clear breakaway, and he got caught up to by guys that were way out of position, and I'm just watching this team, you know, and I, and I see um, Alsner who is obviously hurt, so so it's it's hard to judge there. Um, Carlson looked old. Uh, Backstrom, Backstrom, I think is, is, is still on the level of where he was, but you're starting to see some of the crucial pieces of what this team has been. And, and, and that, that's the key here has been versus will be, um, there, there's, there's critical pieces, Dave, that are on, I don't want to say borrowed time because I think that that sounds like we're, we're really at the end of the line, but I, I think that the window is, is closing. And if you're worried about, if you're window worried about the window closing, you have to stick with Holpe. He, he's the only the, the key for Holpe, and I, I I think you and I have had this conversation previously. Holpe's issue is he plays too many damn games in the regular season. Yeah, that's a if huge spread, problem. If you spread that in the regular season, you you help keep him fresher for the playoffs. But we seem to like to play him seventy five out of the eighty games. So yeah, um, I, I think that's the majority of Holpe's problem is to keep him a little bit fresher this year. Um, and let's be honest, if you keep him fresher, you should get an increased value for whoever, for Grubauer or Copley, whoever's up there, if you chose to move him at the deadline. Sure. Yeah, it's, th- there's, there's definitely more questions than answers, uh, in, in, in that. Now we do have a caller. I feel like this might be the call we didn't want to happen, but I'm going to take it anyway. It's an eight, six, two number. Let us know who you are, where you're calling from. What's going on, guys? How we doing tonight? That has to oh, be that man. has to be Mitch. You guys sound like you're at a funeral. Right now. <laughs> um, it's always a funeral when you're talking hockey with Jim, Mitch, Uncle Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, how's oh, it going, man. bud? Hey guys, how's it how's it uh, going? How's uh, I'm glad to hear uh, the show again. I've missed the show. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're 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 cleaning off the rust. We're 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 you know. Cleaning out the cobwebs, things like that, getting ready for the uh, for the football season. So we will be back in, uh, I won't say better than ever, because I don't think we were ever that great to begin with. But um, <laughs> now, Mitch, uh, are, have you have you uh, recovered? Have you sobered up from uh, from the celebrations over the last few weeks? Or, or are you still uh, enjoying the, the, the Stanley Cup uh, celebrations? Oh, yeah. If I had a, a legitimate baseball team to watch this summer, I'd have moved on. But I, I have the Pirates who, uh, you know, the last – since 1980 have, like, seven winning seasons. So, yeah, I'm still enjoying the hockey. I did I did want to say I was listening to the show, and I think uh, Dave was right on the money when he said you should well, probably Mitch, get, Uncle uh, Mitch, say that again. <laughs> I, said Dave, I said Dave was right on the money with your point about you should get uh, the goalie Holpe some more rest. You look at the recent champions, the Blackhawks have won three, the Penguins have won three, and there's always a legitimate backup. I mean, you had Murray and Flurry splitting time with the Blackhawks. You had Darling and Crawford, right? Like, it wasn't like one goalie was right. playing way too much. So I thought I thought that was an interesting point. Yeah, no, I, 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 I absolutely agree with that. And for as many times as I like to argue with Dave, I'm not even going to pretend 
uh, on this one because I, I I can't make a co- you know a cohesive argument to to the fact that that Holby should be playing as much as he is because it 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 doesn't make sense. I mean, last year they had the they had everything locked up what for weeks and he was still playing every night and I'm just sitting there going this is a mistake like this is a terrible idea um but uh yeah definitely it, it's it's uh, I, I hate to say it I agree with Dave <laughs> when did this become like the celebrate Dave hour this is <laughs> we need it if there's any more of a sign that we that we need football to, to get here quicker it's this I have such Dave, a big any, smile uh, on my face, I response? can't even talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, did want, I also wanted to say, uh, you guys just constantly hating on Crosby, hating on Penguins. I think if there, if, it was, if there was no hatred, I would be so burned out and so just lethargic. But the people, the hatred I see <laughs> for uh, the Penguins really keeps me going and lights my fire. So I got to thank you guys. Well, we're we're here for you, Mitch. We're here we're here to serve you. Um, I mean, you hey, you at least Mitch, caught some. Only, go ahead, Dave. You, you only you only get penguin hatred once I'm done hating on uh, Stone Brady up in uh, New England. So you uh, get about I'm half the season one, for free. Yeah, me. You know, it's basically the same thing you and Jim do. You you guys sit around and pout all day because the uh, Penguins are winning, and then when football season ends, it's me and you sitting around pouting because the Patriots win all the time. So it's a never-ending cycle for you. <laughs> well, the thing that pisses me off about Stomy the more is the fact that he gets to go home to the supermodel. So I can't even like he gets me both on the field and off the field. Yeah, that's we we can all agree that's not fair. <laughs> like when I mean, you when, old, old age is, is going to defeat them both eventually. It hasn't happened yet, and they're both uh, both Brady and Giselle. But old age will defeat them both uh, eventually. I think we can only hope, right? I mean. I mean, it, the, the the most unfair part is the guy that's won, you know, all those Super Bowls, and he's, you know, he's the person that doesn't that makes the least in that household, like out of that marriage, like that. That's the, that's even the crazier thing is is that she is the breadwinner, and he, you know, he's just playing football for fun, I guess. Yeah, and she kind of she had some quote about him like having a concussion. I get the sense she's the only person who doesn't really love him playing football. No, I think she wants him to retire or has wanted him to retire for a while. And didn't he say he's going to play till he's 50, I think he said. So, um, you know, that that has to be an interesting discussion there. Um, Mitch, uh, and, and anything uh, anything else on your mind here tonight? Yeah, one one last thing. I kind of uh, – I got to go in a second, uh, send an email out. But, um, you know, the NFL season, it's, it's kind of around the corner. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to know what we kind of thought coming up here. I know you guys are big Cowboys and Panther fans. What do you expect from your team? How you guys think uh, the Sears will be this year and anything else to look out for in the NFL? Um, well, the, the Cowboys, if they can stop getting out of their own way, I saw David Irving is suspended <laughs> for the first four games. Um, so so that's unfortunate. But uh, it, I think the Cowboys, it all hinges on – um, on on Dak Prescott and 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 to avoid the sophomore slump, which Mitch, I know you and I talked about on Twitter a little bit. That I think we're in agreement that that I don't foresee it happening with him. Just the way he was poised, yeah. and you, even you go back to that Packers game, and when you're down by what twenty four points in, in the first half, 
And, uh, you know, he pretty much stared into the gun barrel and said, I can still do this and I'm fine. Uh, that, that, that at least comforts me going into a second season, uh, in terms of the Steelers, um, you know, it, it, it's tough to tell it, it, again, there's, there's some youth there. Uh, how will the youth continue to progress? Um, and, and I think the big key for them is it really on the defensive side of the ball is can that, can that defense improve? Can they get better? Um, I mean, that, that, that's probably a rhetoric for how many teams in the league, but, uh, I think that's a, that's a big yeah. key for the Pittsburgh Steelers is cause I think the offense, um, at least right now is fine. You have a lot of great tools there. Uh, it does, it comes down to the defensive side of the ball for me. Dave, I think that's a good point on Panthers this year. Oh, go ahead. Um, I, I think you're, I think my Panthers are going to be, I'm optimistic, obviously. Um, got hit with the injury bug pretty hard a little bit last year. Um, schedule is in our favor. I think we only have two real tough road games outside the division. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I looked at the schedule and I think if they go three and three in the division, they're 10 and six or 11 and five. Um, they, well, they have a fair, so I, I, I'm optimistic at least, but I mean, the first example is they go to, they open the season in San Francisco, which should be a win, but San Francisco right. has overperformed the past two years. I mean, they won 24 nothing or 28 nothing that that <laughs> killed everyone week one last year. Um, so who, who right, knows? Yeah. Um, who knows? But I mean, I, I think this Panthers team is a lot better, and I mean, it, it, it all hinges on Cam too. Cam has a shoulder surgery; he just started throwing a ball recently. Um, but I mean, if he's healthy, I think he has some life too. Um, center's healthy again. Uh, I love the draft pick of McCafferty. Um, I was hoping we got him and we did. Um, I, I think we're in a tough division that all four teams are competitive. Um, we don't have the, the two free games like your, your Steelers do. Um, but I think we do, we, we have a, uh, the, the division going three and three is a uh, moral victory there. Um, but as far as your Steelers, I think Jim hit it spot on. I, I mean, I think that's a, a, any of those, any of the other three, any of the three NFL teams in your division um, could definitely win that division. Um, I, I do like the moves <laughs> that Baltimore's made in the, the offseason. Um, whether that's enough or not, when you have uh, that clown at quarterback, um, I don't know. Um, but it, it'll be interesting. The, the AFC is always that division that gives me trouble because it seems like it should be, it seems like I find a reason to, to, to pick the wrong team and it never seems to uh seems to come to fruition um i think arizona's gonna bounce back a little bit i i really like the bucks down in uh, tampa bay i think that uh yeah. the nfc south is going to be a hell of a division this year um houston texans will be interesting it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh the denver broncos uh they're getting a little bit older on defense among other things um, Detroit Lions, what's going to happen there? It's just a uh, kind of a wild, oddball team. That they're, they've been pretty quiet for the most part in the offseason, but they they were just a so-so team last year, so they they take a step forward or a step back. Um, yeah. What's, what's Andrew Luck do this year? Who knows? Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I obviously have the Cowboys pick fourth in the in the uh, NFC East. So. That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. You can be you can be wrong again this year. That's fine with me. How are the Jaguars doing? Kiss my ass. <laughs> they are going to be last place oh, in that division. Both, Jim, I thought I thought they. I finally thought you know it's all. It's always supposed to be the Jaguars' year, and then that never comes. Yeah, I I, I should learn by now. Uh, Mitch, anything else tonight? Uh, yeah, just one last thing based on what uh, uh, Dave said. Uh, I think you know in the AFC it was uh, the Patriots Steelers last year. Uh, the Patriots won sadly. 
and those will be the two teams everyone's watching. But I'll definitely be watching uh, the Raiders. I think it's interesting. They added Marshawn Lynch. I don't really know how effective he'll be at his age yeah. coming off the year. But we'll we'll see. That's still a good team. And the, the one team I really, really want to watch is uh, the Houston Texans. I watched them in that playoff game in New England. And I thought, you know, my God, this is a good football team mm-hmm. that just has, you know, a literal human turd at quarterback. Uh, there's just no other way to put it. Uh, and I think the fact that they added Watson, who's a big winner and a really good quarterback, and they're getting J.J. Watt back, and they've got young players and a, an energetic coach. I really think the Texans, it, it, they could be this year's Cowboys. We're putting in a, a quarterback uh, to a team that's, that's already really strong in other places, just kind of, uh, you know, energizes them, and uh, they could end up 14 or 2, something like that. Sure, certainly. Mitch, nice. uh, oh, go ahead, Dave. It's always nice adding that young quarterback with no expectations that can really sling the ball his first year until he drops off in the second year. Nice. <laughs> Real funny. Real funny. Real funny. I like your style, Dave. Uh, Mitch, thanks for the call, man. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you, uh, uh, obviously, when we get into football season. Hey, I'll, I'll talk to you soon, guys. Thanks. All right, take see you, take Mitch. care, Uncle Mitch. I like how you call him Uncle Mitch. That is cool. Uh, Dave, real quick, uh, uh, you know, new slate of NHL uniforms. Uh, do you have a best or worst out of the new crop? No, there's not really anything that uh, jumped out at me super, oh, my goodness, one way or the other. I mean, they were just – I was expecting more radical changes than we got. So, uh, I don't want to say I'm disappointed with Adidas, um, but it was just like, eh. It wasn't a – there was way more market hype behind it and everything. Um the one thing I will say about the new uniforms is, good God, did the NFL or the NHL really botch releasing these? I mean, you have all the you have the Adidas stores all over the place. Have some NHL players go to a couple of Adidas stores and really yeah. unveil them that way, or or something. But God, just letting the teams leak them that was uh, that was worse than the uh, the NHL draft for the uh, for the Las Vegas. <laughs> Golden Knights there with all the picks being leaked. So I mean, come on, NHL, you got to do better than that. Yeah, it's bad, and and you can't even buy them until September. I mean, you have this big reveal in uh, in June, and you can't even order them until September. So, uh, yeah, that gets a big fail. Uh, yeah, nothing really, nothing really, uh, you know, too dramatic. I think the the biggest changes came to um, Edmonton and Nashville. Uh, and a lot of it was just kind of removing some of the uh, Reebok striping, if you will. Uh, so, Dave, real quick here, let's do some uh, maybe some rapid fire stuff. Uh, Major League Baseball, we're nearing the, uh, the 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 All Star Game, the midway point of the uh, of the baseball season. So, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of time left. Uh, do you have a best or worst? And and I think for me personally. Um, my worst, and it doesn't come as much of a surprise, is the the Orioles and their pitching, uh, and 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 just how many times they have just gotten shelled uh, in games. Well, they 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 tied the major league record for consecutive games by giving up five or more runs. And I mean, there was um, what a stretch one night where where the Orioles were up nine to one, and uh, they ended up losing eleven to. 11 to nine in, in extra innings or something like that. It was, it was ridiculous. There's, they're sitting at 38 and 39, uh, fourth place in the AL East, uh, currently as, as, uh, we're playing tonight, uh, and, and we're losing at last check, uh, for nothing to the, uh, to the Blue Jays. 
it, it you know that I, I've been saying it for years that the Orioles or are a pitching staff away from from you know not necessarily winning the World Series but contending and uh that you know now they just they look further than, than they've seemed in a couple years and uh, I I don't know if um I don't know if, if Buck's gonna make it till the end of the year but that could be uh you know a, a shining light in disguise because uh doesn't do, doesn't his teams usually have history of the year year after he goes uh they win a World Series historically yes um the the one thing I'll say about the Orioles pitching is is we knew this was an issue in the offseason and they failed to address it. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I will say about the Orioles, we had a discussion uh, whenever whenever we were talking about it the last time. But uh, the the one thing I will say about the Orioles is they have too many home run or out guys. Sure. Uh, you need you need another average hitter or two. But again, the hitting isn't the issue. You can survive on that. Um, but the, the, they're not far away, and they do have a lot of young talent. I mean, you, you look at Scope and uh, Manny in the infield, and both those guys have 10 to 15 more good years left probably, um, just how young they are. So you do have some young talent in place. Jones isn't that old. Um, so you do have some some potential there. Um, as you look at the pitching staff, you have Bundy that's young. Everyone else is kind of uh, up there or uh, rusty to say the least this year. I'll be interested to see if Tillman uh, recovers a little bit just because he, he was hurt. So he's still kind of getting back in the groove. And I think uh, – with how bad their pitching staff was, they kind of rushed him back. Um, so I think that was part of it, that he's still getting underway. Um, I see we have a question there on Facebook from our good buddy Chris. He wants to know which cellar dweller makes the playoffs or makes the run at the playoffs. I forget how he worded it. Um, I have to say the Blue Jays, just from the sheer fact they're probably the cellar dweller that's the closest. So um, I know Jim's going to say the Phillies because he loves, loves Philadelphia teams. But uh, Chris, the correct answer is the Blue Jays, regardless of what Jim says. Wait, the the question is what team that's in last place now would make the playoffs? Which cellar dweller will make the playoffs? Oh god. Yeah, probably Yeah, probably the uh the Blue Jays cuz yeah, they are closest in terms of yeah, so, uh um, good and good and bad. I'm going to cut you off cuz I already answered the question and I'm correct. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Um, you are right. Good 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 and bad. Um I think the I think the uh, I think the thing that you have to talk about this year is how good the NL West is. Um, the, the thing that's going to be interesting to me, um, the Dodgers are good, period. Everyone knows that. We don't need yes. to waste time talking about them. <laughs> but are, are the Rockies' young starters going to be able to hold up? Their bullpen is fairly solid. Um, but are their young starters going to be able to hold up throughout the course of the year? And is the Diamondbacks' bullpen going to be able to hold up because their bullpen is a little bit shaky in my eyes. So, again, if those two hold up, that'll be a heck of a race out there. Um, good, another good has to be the Houston Astros. They, uh, they got outlucked by the Rangers last year to get it to, to miss the playoffs. But uh, the, the Houston Astros are just tearing it apart. Uh, they've cooled off a little bit, but they had a heck of a start, uh, historical proportion start, I believe, um, to the season. Um, bad uh, – you have to go with the Phillies just because Ooh, you have brutal. to, but uh, brutal. Uh, that's not like it was unexpected. I mean, I, was I don't know if they to, were expected uh, to be this bad though. And I, I mean, I know they, they weren't Phillies fans shouldn't have expected a lot, but I mean, were they expected really to, to be this bad? Well, I'll, I'll make the, I'll make the counter argument that I was talking to while we were playing golf on Saturday, one of our buddies um, that, that is a Phillies fan. And, and he made a very good point. He was sick and tired of getting ragged on by Mets fans because the Mets were supposed to be good, 
and they're sucking. He said, yeah, the sure. scores are a little bit worse than we expected, but we knew they were going to suck, so this doesn't hurt as bad. Like, shut up, Mets fans. You should have been tw- – you were 10 games over 500 or whatever last year. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm – not, yeah, if you look at it from, from that aspect, I, I I think you make a great point. I just, I just don't know that they were supposed to be as bad as they are. I mean, it just – I think the – the one thing they're doing is they're getting a lot of their young players, a lot of MLB experience. Um, oh, yeah. The question at hand is, are they the correct players to take down the road? And that's sure. Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're at 20, 26 wins uh, and then you're ready to turn the calendar to, to July, that's that's that that that's some serious levels of bad. All right, Dave, let's let's, let's bounce away from baseball here. Um, we you know, obviously we are more of a football podcast that we are we haven't really been uh, been on the air since uh football season ended and and uh you know life got in the way a little bit but uh, for good reasons not for bad reasons um so kind of looking out into the uh you know into the future here we we are only about uh you know two two months uh, maybe even less from uh, from when games uh you know are, are starting up and, and camps are starting up um First college football, then NFL. Are there any? Uh, and I don't know if you have anything prepared, so I, I, I could be asking kind of a, a dangerous question. But are there any games, um, you know, early or late season that that you think could be uh, games to watch in college football? Well, week one, um, and, and you'll see a little bit of a trend here. Week one, um, Michigan and Florida are playing at a neutral site. Um, I think that's an extremely interesting game. Michigan lost. So much in the offseason, yeah. as I'm sure you're well well aware of. Um, but they lost so much to the draft. And this is just a team that I have absolutely no pulse on at the moment. So that game is going to be one of those games that I just sit and watch and, and try and get a pulse on what Michigan is. Because I think Florida is a half-season football team this coming year. Um, but with that said, Michigan's three-point favorites over Florida at the moment. Uh, yes, I've already looked at the line. Yes, that's how my <laughs> life is at the moment. you got to do um, something at uh, 3 in the morning, right? Yeah, and you don't answer my text then for some reason. Um, <laughs> but Michigan is a three-point favorite. Um, that is one of those games that, um, and again, this is <laughs> how many two months in advance, something along those lines. Um, but that is one of those games that I'm on Florida 100% or not not playing the game. Um, Michigan is too much of an unknown. Um, but with that being said, that, that that kind of funnels into my next one. We were talking about this last week. Um, I'm very interested to see this Penn State-Michigan game. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is a scenario, per, a, a scenario statistical person's dream come true, I think. Um, Penn State is at home versus Michigan. The line opened at 14, which I think was extremely high. Um, but it is, it is down in the 6 or 7 range at the moment with Penn State being favored. Um, the game's at Happy Valley. It'll probably be a night game. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. This is... This is revenge from Penn State's loss at Michigan last year where they got throttled. Um, Michigan has lost so many pieces. Penn State's coming off a bye. Um, There is just so many factors in this game. Um, Michigan has both Penn State and Ohio State on the road this year, I believe, Um, which means that this is a – Michigan realistically has to go into one of those two stadiums. Uh, Ohio State is at Michigan this year. Are they? Okay, I missed both then. It's okay. I won't allow it again. <laughs> um, but it, it's Michigan has got to have one of those two games because uh, if you uh, yeah. lose both of them, you're not winning the Big Ten. No. I mean, period. And 
quite frankly, I think Michigan's going to have a better chance at Penn State than they will um, Ohio State, even though it's in Michigan. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I, I think this, this Penn State team, they didn't lose much in the offseason. No. I mean, they lost, but they, I mean, we were talking about it too, and your, your counter argument I know is going to be they won, a, they won a couple games that they shouldn't have last year. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. But the, the, old, the old thing I'll go back to, and, and, we, and we keep, we, we've talked about this many a times, is is it luck or do you make your own luck? And there's not a correct answer, but um, obviously we think it's luck in the Penguin situation. <laughs> but if you're a Penn State fan, you're obviously making your own luck. So obviously it's, it's scenario-specific. Yeah, and, and I mean, obviously uh, last year the, the weekly saga of – me picking against Penn State and me saying this will finally be the week uh, that they lose uh, never came to be at least until after the uh, at the Rose Bowl. But you know, obviously Penn State rode a high from the Ohio State victory and and it carried them because I think big games like that um, can can have a, a huge impact um, in in you know good and bad ways and and. And for for Penn State, they were able to to win a big game and, and carry that momentum. And I and I think at times, uh, maybe just kind of looked at each other on the sideline if a game wasn't going their way and say, uh, you know, look what we did last week, look what we did here, look. And and they they were able to carry that um, because I, I do I I think there was a, a lot of games that they not a lot of games, but there was a few games they won last year that they should not have won. Uh, that you know after that Ohio State game, but. Uh, they did, and and, and uh, my only point to to this game, if you were talking about the Penn State Michigan game, is yes, Michigan has a is going to have a completely different looking team uh, when they take the field. Uh, the fact that it's in the middle of the season, um, I also I, I look at the fact that if you're comparing coaching, and I think when you're when you're in college football, that can go a long long way. Um, I will take Jim Harbaugh over Jim James Franklin every single day of the week. Especially We're both on the same page with that one. Yeah, especially in, in the college ranks. I think that's why Harbaugh is back in college because uh, I think in the NFL, and there's been a lot of, of people who are uh, probably a lot smarter than me that have said this, that the guy will wear on you, but that's the beauty of him in college is uh, you only have those kids for at most four years. And uh, and I think that that's why you're going to see a lot of success from Michigan. How good will they be at the start? I don't know. And that's why I think when you get to – you know, uh, October with Penn State and uh, the end of November with Ohio State, you know, coming into the big house. Um, it, it's going to be really, really a, a, a fun thing to watch, um, you know, because I, I, I don't know that we're going to be talking about Michigan being a undefeated team. I think it, it's going to be more of a can they win the Big Ten sort of a team. And I think, you know, they're as much in the mix as anyone. Uh, a game to me, Dave, um, if, if I'm just looking at one, um, one is, more, well, hold on a second. Okay, go ahead. We have one more question from Chris. He asked if Penn State will be as good as expected. Um, no, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't. If your expectations are as high as they were last year, that they're okay. going to win the Big Ten, um, I think they're going to be. I think they're going to get shellacked by Ohio State. Um, so I don't think they win the Big Ten. Um, but is that their only loss in the Big Ten? Um, very possible. Um, I, I, it's fifty-fifty if that's their only loss. Um, I think Michigan might get them has potential to come in and get them. Um, but they have a, they have a couple, they have a road game in Indiana, I believe that, give, that always seems to give them trouble too. Um, and I think they play Michigan state on the road as well. Um, so I, I good as last year um, record wise. I don't think so. 
but uh, good as expectations. It depends what you're expecting because I do not uh, – I, I mean, they're obviously going to get a, a pretty good bowl, but I think it will be a pretty decent football team. Yeah, and I, the reason I said no as as quickly as I did and, and because I kind of take those sort of questions is from what probably the majority uh, would expect them to be. And I think the majority of fans look at what they did last year and they expect them to repeat and be better. And and I, I, I think they will not be as good as uh, – they, they will not reach that expectation. I, I don't. I think that uh, they'll be – some bumps in the road along the way. I think maybe some of your bigger games, um, you know, will 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 give them trouble. But uh, I've clearly been wrong about Penn State in the past. So, um, congratulations, Penn State fans. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just a couple of games. Obviously, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm trying to look outside of the uh, Big Ten a little bit, uh, LSU at Alabama. Uh, Alabama has won uh, the last six in the series. Uh, which obviously I think contributed to Les Miles, uh, you know, losing his job at, at LSU. Uh, what will the what will the LSU team be under Ed Orgeron? Will they um, continue to improve the way uh, and and build on what they did down the down the run, or uh, will they fall off? I think that's that 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 could be an interesting one to watch. Obviously, SEC football. Um, is is one of the more talked about things. I, there, there's a lot of I think there's a lot of fun games throughout the year. Florida State, Clemson. These are all games in November. You know when when things really start to heat up. Um, you know Stanford and USC play on September 9th. Uh, that's a that's really early for what I think are maybe the the, the two better teams. Two at least two of the better teams in the Pac-12. So um, you you know you're you're getting right off of the you know right off the schedule. Um, you know week two. Uh, pretty much with 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 a huge game there, so um, it's not going to take long, Dave, for us when we when we start breaking down these games week in and week out to get some pretty big matchups. Yeah, definitely. And uh, well, as we transition over to the NFL, since I'm in charge of the college picks, I'm going to throw the spoiler out there that the college picks will be slightly different this year to incorporate some spreads into them. Oh, got to got to throw a little uh, teaser out there, throwing a gambling term out there as well. Ha <laughs> ha. It's a it's a media term and a gambling term. So uh, look at us. Look at us. So um, and now transitioning to the NFL again. Uh, you know, if there's any last uh, phone calls that you want to get in, seven one seven two one six zero nine five nine. We have to take a break, Jim. Just throwing that out there. Ah, no break tonight. We're just gonna we're just gonna mow through this thing and 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 then all season mow, baby. Uh, exactly. Um, you know, it. it I, I don't know that uh, I, I pulled up a, a fun article on uh, SB Nation. This was back from a couple months ago. Uh, the best and worst games of the season, and they go, um, you know, week one best, week one worst, and so on and so forth. It's amazing how many of the uh, of the worst games are your uh, either your Thursday night or Monday night football games, uh, which which I think you know we we've talked about for a while is. Uh, especially on Thursday night, I think the quality of the game is just not there because the NFL knows people are going to watch, so it doesn't matter who they put out there. Um, but and then now, obviously, this was this was put out there um, before the 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 Marshawn Lynch signing, things like that. They have a Week Nine worse as Oakland at Miami, which I actually think could be a fun game if you really think about it, because I think Oakland has potential to be 
one of the best and, and a contender in the AFC. And the, the question always comes down to what will Miami be? And if Miami can progress the way that uh, they should, in my opinion, um, I think that could actually be a fun game. So that, that that's what I'm just throwing out there that I disagree with uh, the, this SB Nation article. Are there any games, Dave, that, that you have off the top of your head that are, uh, you know, sticking out to you? Um, Nothing really off the top of my head. I mean, I, I think this opening game that we have uh, for the NFL is even – even very interesting. How are the Kansas City Chiefs going to be this year? I mean, I think the I think the uh, the, the the Patriots have in Week One, and and how is the Chiefs team going to be? Uh, I have no idea. Another one, uh, Week One. I believe you have uh, have you, you have the Redskins and the Eagles playing each other. Um, I think the Eagles are pretty decent this year. What do you What do you? Um, I, I'm going to interrupt you. What do you think? I, I don't. I personally don't like division games that early in the year. I I've, I've, um, I never have, and I I think I don't know if it's it's just to to get people you know really tuned in right away, but um you know like like this uh, this article is actually week one worse is the Cowboys and Giants um the and it's the Sunday night opener for the third time in five years like I I, I just I've never liked divisional games being openers because they, they I think they are so critical. Um, you know, and, and when you, when you talk about tiebreakers and things like that, that, uh, week one is, especially week one is just not the time for a division game in my opinion. I mean, I think that's a very, very true statement. Um, but at the same time, I don't have too big of an issue with them as long as you keep the majority of them towards the end. And as okay. long as the Cowboys giants are playing each other towards the end of the year. As okay. long as you don't have, uh, oh, both the Cowboys-Giants games uh, four weeks in, they don't see each other for the rest of the year. Um, I mean, I think there's some validity to not playing early in the year in a divisional game. Um, but I also see, I mean, it's all, uh, we, we've said it so many times, the NFL is a business. Um, sure. So that, that takes some rake as well. You've got you to gotta compromise there too. Um, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass on answering your question. Um, but I definitely Naturally. see both sides of the story on it. <laughs> Uh, I was sorry to interrupt. You can go back to the uh, is it Eagles Redskins right week one? Yeah, I, I, that's going to be a very interesting game. Uh, how are the Eagles going to be this year? I mean, I I don't think anyone can be concretely sure of how they're going to be. They they showed spurts last year that they were a pretty good football team, and then they sure. showed spurts that they were at pretty the bad. Browns level. <laughs> um, I, I, I think this Eagles team is a 500 team or a, uh, a nine and seven, maybe a 10 and six team, depending on, uh, how they, how they do. But I think this Eagles team is uh, very competitive this year. Yeah, they, they certainly could be. And, and I think, you know, we, we are kind of back in the, um, it's been, it's been a few years, but I think we're, we're back to where the NFC East is, is one of the better, uh, and, and maybe arguably, I'm sure there's a case for a couple others, uh, the NFC South being one as well, um, the best division in football. And uh, to me, that's exciting. Um, it's obviously nail-biting, but uh, exciting at the same time because it, it, it breeds competition, and I think it makes um, whatever team comes out of that division better uh, for, for the playoff run because um, you've had those intense games and you have some divisional matchups at the end of the year. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the Eagles will be. They, you know, they, they could be... 10 and six, I, I think there's also potential for, you know, seven and nine, six and 10, but there's probably that potential for, for, I think every team in the NFC East, 
uh, just just because you, you know if you're you're an injury or um, you know kind of a, a mental lapse away from a, a couple of losses there. Um, Dave, my one of my games to watch, and it's 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 the homer call, just because of uh, where the you know the, the the game in the in the playoffs last year, I think was one of the best uh, games in the playoffs. Was the the Packers and Cowboys week five? Uh, the Packers come to Dallas, um, and and it seems like here lately, as it has for for many years, when these two teams get together, there, there's kind of magical football that happens. And if you're if you're taking odds and, and, and looking at the NFC, I'd say going into the season, and, and, and uh, you feel free to disagree, and I wouldn't be shocked if you did, um, but I think these are probably two of, if not your only or your 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 top two favorites to, to come out of the NFC this year. Yeah, I think I mean I think uh, they have to be up there. I think it's I think there's a lot of. Um, we said parody so much last year, but I think a lot of these media—I don't want to say mediocre teams, but your your level teams last year—they either they either took a step forward or took a step back. I mean, sure. I look at—I'm uh, going to use Carolina. They were a pretty bad team most of the year, but their record—I um, don't think was as bad as they were. Or let me rephrase that: I think they were better than their record indicated. And getting someone like McCafferty and getting Cam healthy, um, I, I think they've taken a step forward. Um, you look at some of these teams. I, I think you've had a lot of like teams that have either they've taken that step forward or they've lost a, a piece. I mean, I think you look at uh, Kansas City. How is this team going to be um, with losing? Uh, I think they've lost their running back, and then uh, Macklin went to Baltimore, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, I mean, how is Kansas City going to be with those pieces changed? Um, I'd say they took a step back just based on that. Um, they, they have a couple younger pieces that are pretty good, um, but not proven. The other thing is, like he, with, with that said, how well do they mesh with the new team? Is Macklin going to be able to catch the, uh, the ducks that Flacco throws? I don't know. Right. And uh, you, you, you never know. You truly never know. And, and it, it's, you know, it, it's, I think it's fun to kind of look in the, uh, you know, the crystal ball or, or what have you. I think it's fun to do that. Um, you know, when, when we're sitting a couple of months out and obviously, uh, as we get closer, I think we, uh, you know, are probably going to have, um, you know, probably going to have some, uh, some fun looking at, at these games and divisions and conferences when you're talking college football, uh, in depth. And, and that's something I, I want to target for, for prior early August is, is a, you know, college football, you know, preview show, and then uh, a separate NFL preview show because then you can get into some of these things in a little bit more depth. And when you're uh, getting into camps and things, you have injuries and things like that. Um, it, it'll be it, it'll be a fun discussion because um, you know I think the sports fans as a whole and and you and I um, enjoy talking football the most because it, it's you know it's such a short season. Um, the you know least number of games out of the Big Four. Uh, sports and and I, I think it is it, it, there are so many intriguing things and storylines week in and week out. It's the passion and the intensity. Exactly, uh, David. Uh, any uh, anything else before we uh, put a little bow on on this one? I, I think the only thing uh, that, that kind of um, wanted to just throw out there. We had the golf call earlier from uh, Austin. Um, but did you see the finish at the, the golf tournament this past weekend with uh, Spieth chipping in for birdie from the bunker to win in a playoff? That was uh, pretty exciting, to say the least. 
Yeah, I did. That uh, that was a blast. And it's moments like that. And I know um, when uh, when Adam Scott won the Masters and it was in the rain in the playoff and and the excitement of that. Um, when, when I when I tell people that when when you have it, the exciting moments in golf and I and I compare it to NASCAR because I I do not watch NASCAR, but if I catch like the last you know five laps or so. Um, I do get intrigued by it because uh, that that Masters with Adam Scott, uh, I've I watched the entire day. But during that playoff, my wife, who doesn't play golf, doesn't like golf, thinks watching it on TV is boring and stupid. Um, she was even kind of amped up about it, and, and it was like, huh, that's kind of that was fun. Uh, but yeah, th- th- this weekend that finish um w- was just unreal, and um. I know Austin mentioned about how, you know, golf kind of changes week to week and the number one player changes so frequently. Um, but I think right now, if, if Jordan Spieth can find a putter that works for him um, or if he figures out how to work a putter, um, I think that guy's the, the most dangerous guy on the tour right now because the way he is playing off of off of the shortest grass, is um is is pretty spectacular right now, and he's one of those guys. And I, I know I put that up a while ago, but he's one of those guys that I just do not like. Um, he's a really good human being, but for some reason he just rubs me the wrong way. So I don't know why it is, um, but he just rubs me the wrong way. So I really hope that you're wrong. That he, <laughs> uh, he doesn't go on a tear. But um, the the thing that no one's talking about, and the reason I brought up uh, uh, Jordy there is. How many people, if you hit that tree, does the ball go the other way? And this kid, for some reason, he hit two balls during the final round that should have went in the water and somehow stuck on the side of the hill before it went in the water. Then he hits a tree and the thing bounces to the middle of the fairway. Um, so, I mean, sometimes when you're a good human being, stuff just works out for you. But, man, this kid's got some great bounces. And, I mean, he took advantage of them, don't get me wrong. But, goodness, does he rub me the wrong way sometimes. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it, it kind of goes back to uh, liking it to uh, puck luck. Uh, you know, some people have it and some people don't. Some teams have it and some teams don't. It, it, it's, it's crazy. Um, yeah, some of the bounces they get, and even if they get bad bounces, some of the things they can do with it. I mean, you think about, you know, the some of the shots off the pine straw at Augusta and things like that. It, watching, watching what uh, professional golfers can do uh, with a golf ball in a club is is. I'm not even kidding. Like artistry, uh, at, at times it is it is unreal. That's how you feel when we play golf together. Um, the things the 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 things you can do to a putter, uh, are are, are magical at times. And and uh, but besides that, uh, no. All right, Dave. Uh, anything else here tonight? Um, otherwise, let people know uh, where they can follow you on Twitter, and uh, we're gonna close this thing up and. Um, yeah, we'll do that. Sure. Uh, no, no, nothing else, Jim. Uh, good talk there for, I don't know what, 80 minutes or so. Um, yeah, about almost, almost Twitter. two hours or almost yeah. an hour and a half. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, at D Gerhardt, uh, zero two four, um, on and off. I'm not on as much as Jim, but, uh, I am on there. Um, everything is, uh, going well. We're getting back into football here shortly. So we'll be around much more and, uh, Twitter will definitely, uh, heat up a little bit. So again, it's at D Gerhardt at 024, and uh, 
turn it back over to you, Jim, after a successful week. All right, Dave, have a good one, buddy. And uh, I don't know when I'll talk to you uh, on air again, but uh, until next time, have a good one, bud. You too, sir. All right, so that's going to do it for the show. Again, thanks for everyone who uh, listened in. Thanks to Austin and Mitch for calling in and uh, and Chris and a couple of the other folks uh, who had some uh, questions on the Facebook. Uh, we appreciate the support as always. Again, uh, when we get into football season, we will be live every Wednesday night. I don't know when our next show will be. If you want to know when our next show will be, you should probably be following us on social media. That is facebook.com slash huddleuppodcast and on Twitter at huddleuppodcast. So make sure you do that. So from Dave and, and me, we, we appreciate uh, everything. And uh, subscribe to our show, Huddle Up with Jim and Dave, on iTunes or Android. You can do that as well. Check out all the shows in the NGSC Sports Radio Network by going to NGSCSports.com. or Spreaker, iHeartRadio, or the TuneIn Radio app and search NGSC. We also stream daily at LeapSports.com. Check that out as well. Again, Twitter and Facebook at Huddle Up Podcast, both of them. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Uh, and then uh, we'll be a lot more football. So enjoy your summer. Stay safe. And until we talk to you again, go for the win. Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you.